Hello and welcome to episode two of Wine Tales. I am so happy you could join me today in some laughter and of course wine. As always, I remind you this is an adult podcast and contains a bit of swearness that may not be suitable for young listeners, so please do what you will. It's summer in St. John's, Newfoundland, which means the wind is blowing and it's barely above 14 degrees Celsius. It's a little chilly today. At the top of every episode, I do a wine consumption update and today's wine consumption update is brought to you by the letter A for Apothic Red, an American wine and one of my favorites. It's full bodied and it's smooth and I absolutely love it. Unfortunately, the DH ladies do not share my enthusiasm. They call it heavy. I think it's heaven. So if you are in a liquor store or a wine store of your choice, please take a chance and give it a go. I think you will love it. My bottle is almost gone, so I'm sorry you'll have to go get your own. I hope you have a glass full for today's episode. I'll be discussing the serious topic of parenting, or more accurately, debatable parenting techniques, namely mine. (laughs) Mommy days were so full of runny noses and trying to figure out why your kids spilled Cheerios all over the floor, while the other one just threw up all over grandma's new sweater. I know, mommy days, those kids were little, I feel you. And just to make all you mommies and daddies out there feel better, I have a story that will restore your faith in the power of music and a quick exit. So without further ado, let's get to it. Okay, so this story concerns my youngest son. He's an intelligent, easygoing kind of guy. He's hardworking and dedicated to his studies. He just graduated university with honors and he's now beginning his master's degree in experimental psychology. And as I move through this story, keep that in the back of your head, okay? So when Kyle, that's my son's name, when he was a baby, he hit all his milestones without much fuss rolled over, grabbed a spoon, crawled, walked, ate his way through boxes and boxes of Cheerios. He was a happy-go-lucky baby, and he really still is a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. His verbal communication was non-existent until about two and a half when he began speaking, I'll call like garbly gook, unintelligible language that made perfect sense to him, but it was like listening to someone strung out on crack with a dash of mandarin thrown in just to keep you on your toes. It was that bad. I had no fucking clue what this kid was trying to say to me any day of the week. I just couldn't figure it out. He would look up at me with those big blue eyes and begin an earnest conversation about the meaning of life. And all I could say in return was, yeah, okay, kid. He truly thought he was speaking in sentences and that I understood him. He must have felt loved and listened to when I would shrug my shoulders and offer him a banana after he just thought he revealed the secrets of the universe to his idiot mom. Gee, thanks, mom. That's great. A banana. I did everything the books tell you to do when you're raising kids. I read every night to all of them. I made sure I pointed to objects and pronounced them clearly. And then I thought... Well, maybe the kid had a hearing problem. Maybe he was kind of lacking in the brains department and he needed assistance. And, you know, early intervention is the key. So I thought, okay, I got to help this kid. There's a reason he's not speaking to me and he's speaking this Chinese language. I don't understand. A whole host of nagging nervousness, nervousness about my youngest child, who was now quickly approaching the age of three and still couldn't tell me he was sick of the fucking bananas I was throwing down his throat. And it was gnawing at me. So I decided. 
I was going to take him to a speech path. Speech pathologists in those days, you could make an appointment and probably get in the next month or the next week. I don't know if that's true nowadays, but then I could. So I hoist, hoisted my young son up on my hip and I lugged him over to the speech path for an assessment. I chewed my fingernails, ran my hand through my hair, and I shoved another banana at Kyle's. And here you go, kid. After a little while, she stated he was fine. His hearing was fine. He was fine. Stop worrying. You stunned our smother, and he will talk when he's good and ready. And I was like, shut the fuck up, really? I was relieved, but then I was a little pissy, like, what's the holdup, dude? You're not ready to talk to me, the woman who endured 15 hours of labor only to give birth among a crowd of people at a teaching hospital who had seen my hoo-ha and the biggest baby born that year. He weighed a whopping 10 pounds at birth. I need to hear the words, I love you, mommy. That would be nice. Give it up, buddy. Nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. <sighs> During this time, I had decided that, I, you know, I loved music. It was always a lot of fun for me and my friends back in college. I lived and grew up in Ontario. And when I went to college, I lived in Toronto. And we would go downtown on Young Street, stop in at A&M Records. Remember records on Young Street. It was this huge store full of vinyl albums you could buy. Remember vinyl albums? Yeah. Anyway, we used to go there all the time and buy our records and go back and listen and you know all that stuff. So fast forward to when you're a mommy, you're so enmeshed in raising your kids that you forget aspects of who you are and a little bit of your identity. So Music had taken a big backseat to Barney and Caillou and Teletubbies. By the way, I hate Caillou. He's such a whiny kid. So I had missed out on a lot of things. Albums were being released. Artists had created new music, and I heard none of that. So I decided one day I was going to get back. I was going to get some music and play it. Hubby was gone to work. Kids were around doing their own thing. I played Joan Jett, Brian Adams, Great Big C, anything I could get my hands on, I listened to, and I played it loud. I stumbled upon this new album um, from Brian Adams at the time. It was called 18 Till I Die. I played that CD until every, every day for weeks. There was one particular song called I Want to Be Your Underwear, and I thought it was so funny. It was raunchy. It was hilarious, and I couldn't resist playing it. I played it all the time. The girls were at school, hubby was at work, my three-year-old was still speaking a dialect of Chinese, only heard from the peaks of the Himalayan mountains, so no odds. I, I had free reign. I could play it, have fun. Yes, perfect. So keep that in mind, too. One day, the girls were off at school, and I took the opportunity to head out to Walmart, because I lived in Grand Falls, Windsor, and Walmart was the place to go for shopping, and I had to pick up a few things. So shopping... If all you moms know with multiple kids, shopping with one child is so much easier than shopping with three. So it was almost near Kyle's um, nap time. He was so easygoing and he rarely fussed that I thought, okay, we'll just make a quick trip to Walmart. We'll be back in time for his nap. I'll put him down and be fine. So I plopped him in the front seat of the cart. And while we were looking on the store, he started humming a song. A couple of the women who worked in the ladies' department heard his humming and said, Aw, that's so cute. He's singing to his mommy. I was like, yeah, I know the tune he's humming. He was humming I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett. 
This kid was humming that song. And at this point, it should have clued into me that Kyle was not only listening to the music, but he was absorbing everything that he had heard. He just didn't have any language to to sing the words. So he actually was absorbing all the tunes. That should have been my first clue. Anyway, we finished shopping. I head to the checkout. Kyle's getting a little sleepy and that droopy look in his eyes. So I started getting stuff ready for the checkout. And we're standing in line and this nice woman was behind me and she was looking at Kyle. So Kyle was, you know, a chubby little baby with these big blue eyes and blonde hair. He's really adorable. So I said, okay, they're fine. So I started putting my items on the belt and she was cooing at Kyle and all that stuff. And as I was throwing stuff on the belt, I could hear, I want to be. And I was like, well, that's odd. I, I know what that is. I've heard that before. And then I froze. Of course, I've heard that before. I've been playing that fucking song all week. It's a Brian Adams song. So I hear it. It didn't really sink in that it was Kyle. And then I went, oh, my God, that's Kyle. He's talking more like he's singing. So on the one hand, I was absolutely thrilled that my baby was starting to talk. But on the other hand, I was saying, oh, my God. He's starting to talk, but not only talk, he's singing a song that you should not be serenading a strange woman in the Walmart with. In my panic, I started throwing stuff on the belt, trying desperately to get the checkout lady moving. All the while, Kyle has this raunchy Brian Adams song stuck in his head, and he is determined to belt it out at the top of his lungs to this strange lady in the middle of Walmart. So in his hazy, almost sleepy state, he negated to hear the woman who, by the way, thought Kyle was talking to her. She actually thought this child was having a conversation with her. So she leaned over and said, oh, what do you want to be? And I, she thought, oh, he's having a nice little conversation. A conversation? Lady, I can't get this kid to say, I love you, mommy. He's not talking to you. He is reciting a bloody raunchy song. So I come to life and I try to distract him with a balloon that I see off in the corner. I say, oh, Kyle, look at the balloon. And no, no, his mind is completely trained on this song. And he sings out again, I want to be. And again, the nice woman asks, oh, what do you want to be? I am so floored and panicked. I start shoving stuff on the belt so fast. The cashier is having a meltdown trying to keep up. I know the next line, and I want to get the hell out of there before my sweet baby boy serenades this lady anymore. Too late. Before I can say, fuck it, I need a third alarm fire, the kid has belted out for the world of Walmart to hear, I want to be your underwear. And the world stands still, and an eerie calm settles over Walmart. The baby who couldn't speak, the boy who would not utter a single word of English, has just recited the most raunchy song in history to a strange lady in the middle of Walmart. My face turns red, my stomach sinks to the floor, and she reacts. And she looked at me with this look in her face like, what did he just say to me? I was like, she looked at me like I was the worst mother in history. Like I had intentionally taught my sweet little baby how to sing I Want to Be Your Underwear. So I get my stuff together. I do what any self-respecting mother would do in that situation. In that moment in time, in that mortifying moment, I bravely turn to her 
raise my chin and say in the calmest tone, oh, it's a song his father taught him. And I snickered to bring the point across, grabbed the cart with the baby boy who is now speaking, hurriedly pushed it out the door, promising Kyle that he will be hearing nothing but Barney songs for the rest of eternity. Yeah. So following that day, we noticed Kyle could absorb information quicker than we had thought. He just wasn't saying anything, but now he was. So we had to go home at that point, and I started that, that song at that point was banned from the house. We haven't listened to it in 19 years. We had to devise a list of songs. So we discovered when Kyle was four, we, as we were traveling around in the van, he would recite songs. He used to sing Blue Rodeo's Bad Timing. He knew every word to that song. He knew every word to Barrett's Privateers, only instead of saying, there's a phrase in Barrett's Privateers that says, God damn them all, he would say cannonball. So there's still a few words he was flubbing. He couldn't say, I hate myself for loving you. He would say, I hate myself for loving you. It was cloud bubba nine instead of cloud, instead of cloud number nine. So we remembered this, and when we came to St. John's and we moved here, Kyle was six going into grade one. I get a call from the teacher about two weeks into school, and she said, yes, um, you're Kyle Ivany's mom. Yes. Uh, he came to school today, and he and his friend John started singing a song that we thought was a little bit inappropriate to be singing to the grade one girls. And then I just thought, oh, no, no, please don't tell me. And she said, yeah, it's a song called Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. <laughs> and I think I laughed just like that in the in her ear. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and she said, yeah, there's another song called My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. Probably not a good idea for he and John to be singing this. So I said, OK, I'll, I will talk to Kyle. So at that point, we had to have two lists. One was a list of songs that are okay to sing outside the house and a list of songs that do not leave the confines of the house. And Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy was on that list. So the moral of this story, it's okay if your baby sings raunchy songs and can't count or write with a pencil until he's eight. It's okay if he's a little slow in getting his language together or his ABCs or his colors. It'll be fine, seriously. Keep taking it one day at a time. Breathe in, breathe out. Drink some wine, I promise that helps you. And as they grow up, it will be fine. So that concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the wine tale as much as I had telling it to you. Stay tuned for more tales from my journey through this life. And remember, keep smiling, keep the wine flowing. You're going to go listen to that song now, aren't you?